Real Goddess, Discovering Your Divine Destiny by Sheree Sandal, Episode 19, Exhaustion. Real Goddess is the most important thing you can know about in your life. It's the end goal of all we become in this life. A wise man said that in this current day and age, women will be seen as different and distinct in the happiest of ways, and that a large gathering of women will rise up in strong numbers, dividing the wicked from the good. And I'm here to rope you in, sister. So, I've had an experience as of the last several years that I've really been trying to make sense of. And it has to do with a feeling of exhaustion. And I couldn't figure out, figure out what has been causing so much exhaustion to me. And I prayed to God and said, why am I feeling so exhausted? I really don't want to have this feeling. We went to Disneyland and as we were driving or I guess riding in the monorail around Disneyland, I looked at all of the rides and all of the buildings and all of the shops and the structures and hotels and infrastructure and just acres and acres of a man's dream. Walt Disney. And I thought, how can he possibly even have a modicum of energy to be able to do this kind of a huge project like putting together an amusement park with everything and all the hotels and food and hiring and everything that has to happen? How does a person even have an energy like that? It just makes me want to lay down and go to sleep and never think about having any kind of a big thing like that ever in my future. <laughs> so as I've thought about it, and I've prayed to God and said, can you let me know why I am feeling this exhaustion? Why people get so exhausted? And it's not just me. I hear it from other people around me too. That other people are just overwhelmed. That their schedules are so busy and that there's just not enough energy to do everything they need to, and that people are not sleeping enough, and anxiety is increasing, and it just seems like a never-ending thing of less energy. So I've put together some points that I think kind of wrap it up together, and I don't know if this is totally the answer, but it definitely are some things that Heavenly Father has brought up into my mind of why people get exhausted. So obviously, the first one might be giving and not feeling like what you're giving is being received like you hope, which I guess is kind of like false giving, because if you give something and hope to get something in return and you don't, that's kind of a problem. But what can you do about giving and not feeling like you're, it's being received in the way that you have put out the energy for for example, one time I wrote a song for a group of young women, and the young women were going to sing the song for a, a program for the parents. And as we've been practicing it for a couple of weeks, finally, one of them said, this song is just too hard. We can't do it. And I said, oh, that's that's not a big deal. We don't have to sing it. That's That's no big deal at all. Let's pull out something easy from Jenny Phillips. No biggie. Yet I had spent hours upon hours, days upon days, weeks upon weeks, trying to get that song in a way that I thought that this group would like it. And at that time, I really was trying to be um, just uh, open to their needs 
and be accommodating for them. But for me, it was a huge slap of all the effort just kind of going down the drain because I was never going to use that song now for anyone else because it was too hard, right? All right, so what can we do about giving and not feeling like it's received how you hope it would? Well, I could stay in my own energy and just know that I had done a good job creating a song and whether no one ever heard that song ever again, I enjoyed writing that song about castles. And I really enjoyed the melody and the process, everything about it, I really liked. And so I'm going to, in my own energy, appreciate it and love it. And then also, if I'm serving in a way that really works for me and knowing that what I put out is what I really want to be doing instead of just feeling like I have to do something, I'm giving in a way that will give back naturally to me because I'm doing it in a way that I like myself. The, the way that works for me and for so many of my so many years of my life I have not done that I've done what I think other people expect me to and now I'm just doing the things that are heck yes serving okay next also has to do with giving but it's where you give and then don't allow yourself to receive the blessing of giving so in other words it's an unbalanced sacrifice and this can show up in many ways, but I think that some of it is prideful of not wanting to receive those things and think that we'll get blessings later if we don't receive them however they might show up now. But I'm learning that sometimes you just need to receive. Just take it. Just benefit from it. But also not expecting to get something from it because whatever we put forward, like I said in the first one, is going to be good enough because that's how we want to give it. So what can you do if you're a really great giver but not a very good receiver? Which I think a lot of women fall into that category. A lot that I've talked to. So what we could do is just learn to accept goodness. Someone wants to give us something good and it may not even be directly related to what you gave. But you know, like what comes around goes around. Just accept it. Accept things that are good. And then prioritizing uh, how we give so that we can recognize when we've received something and seeing clearly how we are being blessed. Again, maybe not directly, but that we are able to see what is coming into our life because of the way that we have given. And I would even add here that we may need support from others to be able to see it. For maybe someone close to you to say, hey, do you see how much you're being blessed right now? Even though you're giving in this instance, look at all your blessings and look at the help that your family enjoys and the prosperous situation that you are living in and so forth. Sometimes it's nice to have that external viewpoint to support you. Okay, next one. I find that living in extremes is exhausting. Living in all or nothing. That there is not a middle ground. Either you do this or you do that. It's either black or it's white. And you would think that it would be kind of fun. I don't know. In my mind, it's kind of fun to live in extremes. But you do get jostled back and forth from one thing to the next thing. And if you have to be one way one time and another way another time, depending on the situation, it can get exhausting. So what can you do about extremes? Well, you can have more perspective and say, well, let's let's instead of being it this or this, what if there is a possibility of this and this thing? 
And when you start to look at that, it almost seems impossible. Like, well, I can't have both. But then that's where creativity comes in and you say, well, of course I can have both. I am a goddess in training. I can make this work. I can have both. And so that kind of uh, talks about the middle ground thinking. So instead of thinking there's just the, the high ground or the low, low ground, what does the middle ground look like? What does the gray area look like? And do you accept that? Or could you even shift into a completely different situation that has a different outcome, different output, different input? So you don't even have to have that all or nothing of the one situation that you're looking at. Okay, so... Get out of the extremes if they are exhausting. The next is running from the expectation of others. And if someone wants something from you and you don't want to give it or you don't want to be forced to give it, it's like you're being chased. And a person who is being chased is a person who becomes exhausted because they are running from that thing that thinks that you need to do something. So this one is a pretty clear what to do, and that is to have boundaries, to turn around and say, hey, I am going to stop running, and this is what I need. This is what I expect from you or expect from me, and stop running because obviously that is exhausting, right? And then when you can just claim your own energy, stand in your own power and say, this is what I can do. This is what I will do. And you can expect more of me. And I am totally happy and good in what I can give to you. I am going to stop running. And then the next one is knowing when to stop. And I am really guilty of this one because I would just work and work and work and just try to always feel useful and feel like I'm accomplishing something without knowing when to stop so that I would literally run the day to the edge of the day and not realize I was exhausted. And I am i don't do that so bad now, but I used to do that so bad. And my husband would, would just have to say to me, hey, you can stop. You don't need to keep going. It's 10 o'clock at night. Just stop. And how many of us do it? And what are we doing it for? What is it saving us from? What is it making us feel like we can have that we can't have otherwise? Like, it's the crutch of busyness. It's the crutch of knowing that I am important because I have things to do, or I am marking things off my list, or that kind of thinking. So what can you do about that? Well, how about humility? Just trying to stop proving your worth, or that you have to get anything done, or that you uh, need to hide from something, escape some way. To just not have to have that. And that might take some deep thinking and support from others, maybe even therapy, to realize where it is that is not letting you stop. That is running you beyond your ability to put out. Like that energizer bunny that just keeps going and going. Well, at some point you do stop. And when that happens, it can be burnout. So also learn your signs, the signs of tiredness and burnout, which I don't know if I learned very well growing up. I would be watching a movie and I would get so tired and I didn't even know that I was so tired and I would just fall asleep. And that happened repeatedly. And as I got into adulthood, I realized that I wasn't even noticing the signs. Like when your brain starts to kind of shut, shut off and you kind of feel that drowsiness and the, the melatonin kicks in. And I didn't even recognize, oh, that's the time 
to go change into your jammies and brush your teeth, say your prayers, go to bed. Or even before that starts to happen to say, oh, wait, you know what? Usually at this time is when I start to get a little drowsy. I'm going to go change into my jams and get going before I get to that point where I can't even move anymore. So that was a big thing for me to realize. And then recognize personality tendencies is a big thing with exhaustion because there are some people who really do like to work and have a really good output and they love to create things and they have tons of energy for things. And then some of us, like me, see them doing all of that good, like think about Walt Disney. And I think I have to do the same thing. I think I have to create a Disneyland too, but I don't. And my personality is one who is more reflective and still And I get energy from being alone and being quiet and um, thinking deeply. And so to realize what personalities we have can help us to not get into that point of running faster than we have strength. Just because we see it going around us doesn't mean that we need to do it too. So what can we do? Well, so understand extrovert and introvert. Extrovert gets energy from outside of themselves and introvert gets energy inside of themselves. And how do you honor that style in a way that works best for you? And then even just finding yourself. What is it about myself that is energizing? And what is it about myself that I'm being untrue to myself about? That if I could recognize what it is, I could give myself some slack and not worry about it so much. And I'll definitely talk about that one, about um, the energy input that you can find for yourself a little bit later. So then a next point is overrun boundaries. So if you keep getting pushed farther and farther beyond your boundaries of what you will accept or what you're okay with, you're going to get exhausted. And you may think, I'm being nice, I'm being accommodating, I'm being Christ-like even. But if you're getting pushed around again and again and being walked over, does that not become exhausting? Yeah, you're just trying to keep yourself from being beat up from people's shoe prints on the back of your head, right? So have a boundary and don't overextend it. And also a point that I think is set up a boundary before you even have a chance to meet it. For example, if my kids I know are going to push a boundary, I can set it up before they even try to push it. And I can say, wait, I already knew I was going to put a sign on my door that says, don't bother me for the next two hours before they can even come in and tell me that they need something right now. (laughs) All right. Another thing is indecision. This is a weird one. I never thought about indecision being something that can wear you out, but it wears you out mentally where you think, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to do this, but I'll just keep waiting. I'll just keep putting it off. And in the meanwhile, the energy just drains from you almost consistently, especially if you're thinking about it. And even when you're not thinking about it, it just kind of drains this in the back of your mind, subconscious thought of, I still got to make a decision and I just don't know what I'm going to decide. So I have decided, haha, no pun intended, to be more decisive. Even if I think I'm going to change that answer at some point, or even if I'm not sure right now, I'm going to say, for right now, this is the decision that I'm making, and I'm going in that trajectory, 
and it may change and I'm okay with that too. But right now I have to decide so that my brain can have some peace. All right, next thing about being exhausted. This one's kind of obvious, but if you've been in a situation of trauma or anxiety, that is going to take from your resources of what you have to be able to give. If you don't have a place of safety or if you have an anxious mind and are uh, having a hard time dealing with the thoughts of things that are happening or have happened that are still affecting you, you're going to have less energy. So again, finding yourself. Who is the true self? And does the true self, your higher self, have the energy to do what God expects you to do? And then treating for trauma and anxiety, however that might be, whether therapy or groups or whatever support, to be able to take away all of that burden that is sitting on you that doesn't have to be, that you don't have to be holding up, that you don't have to shoulder the burdens of, that you can let it go, that you can proceed without that energy being stolen that way. And then loving kindness to yourself. What is the most loving, kind thing I can do for myself? And even that alone takes away some of the anxiety and the effects of trauma to just know I am being compassionate towards myself and this is good. Okay, another way is that our emotions can get yanked around. If we allow ourselves to be emotionally uh, unresilient, then we are going to have a hard time with our energies. If we are in someone else's sad energy or someone else's angry energy, it's really easy to get wrapped up in it. But what you can do is have boundaries. Again, just saying, wait. For example, I might say, I am not in the mood for a sappy drama right now. I know that it's going to pull out the emotions from me in a way that's going to make me feel exhausted. And I still have this thing I got to do today. So I really can't put my energy there. So that's an interesting one, but how do your emotions get yanked around? And what can you do about that? How can you plan for that better? Sometimes I want my emotions to get yanked around. I'm like thinking I need a little bit of yang going on in my life. So I'm going to watch a movie that I think is pretty funny and I want to yank my emotions that way or even sad or whatever. Because emotions do affect your energy quite a bit. Okay, and then another thing is the memories of exhausting yourself for someone. And especially if you're still around them or the people of their same category. For example, I can think sometimes of having my little children around and how cute they were, but also how exhausting they are. Because let's face it, young children are full of boundless energy. And as an adult, you don't have the same energy and you can get exhausted by those things. Or just being around people who have drawn energy from you in the past. And then when you are around those kind of people again, you can just feel it like puncture wounds through your soul of, I just feel this energy leaving. And just being able to overcome those memories. And sometimes this is a, this is a weird vis- visualization, but I think about sticking little corks inside my energy field of the memories of things that exhaust me and saying, oh, wait, you are not, you're not allowed to puncture me. You're not allowed to go out those cork holes. They've already been stuck in and I'm not going to let that that memory get the best of me anymore. So that can have to do with perspective of where I am now is not where I was. The future can be very different 
And I'll hold a boundary when I do have a place that evokes those kind of memories, like maybe not deciding to go to a a playground where there's lots of kids that are going to be draining your energy. There's a lot of memories, though, that can exhaust us. So choose to not go there or how to deal with them. Okay, another energy waster is trying to be who you are not. So if you are trying to be who you are not, that obviously is going to sap yourself of energy. But how often do we do that anyway? And then, I don't know about you, but I come home after being in a situation of where I am trying to be someone I'm not, and I just have to sit there, and I have to gather myself back together again, and I have to do things that are nurturing until I can say, okay, I've got my energy back again. So trying to be who you are not, even though we all do it, we can realize what an energy sapper that can be. So one, one other than avoiding that situation, how can we stop trying to be who we are not? Well, find yourself and live true to that. And of course, that's not just like, oh, I suddenly am going to find myself right now. It's a long, long time frame experience. And then discovering your why. Why am I doing things? Why am I trying to be who I am not? What could I do instead? And what energizes me for doing the thing that I want to do to be myself really in my own energy? Uh, okay, the next one's a little interesting, but it came to me, uh, I realized it was true. But living in yin or inward energy can be exhausting because there is no life and spark of the yang. So yin is inner energy, yang is outward energy. And if you're doing something that's always inner energy, even though that is peaceful, you don't have that spark, that drive, that flare of excitement that keeps life fun. The yin energy can be repetitive and not very enervating. So... What can you do instead? Well, learn how to do opposites. If you're going to, for one day, sit down and just read a good book, the next day, maybe go play some volleyball or go on a a good intense bike ride. I don't know why this comes to my mind, but sometimes I think about babies in, when I was little, when my kids were little, I guess I was littler too, (laughs) when they were young, I would take the babies into the store the grocery store or walmart or something like that and they have those little things that the where the children sits in the cart you can stick the car seat into there too and i would watch the baby's eyes as we would roll along through the aisles and they'd be looking up all around at the tall things all around the aisles looking at the ceiling and i loved to know that they were having this yang experience other than staring at the white ceiling at home in their car seat that they were in the grocery store seeing things they'd never seen before and they were just so excited and just looking all around so even though that's a weird thing to compare ourselves to that baby's having more of a yang experience of getting out and doing something different and then also obviously the opposite is true too too much yang outward driving energy is obviously exhausting but I just don't know if we realize that the yin can also be exhausting. Another point is striving against something by sheer willpower is exhausting. And I ran into a 
a fortune in a fortune cookie a few weeks ago. And it, at, this was at the time I was really trying to study this list of what causes exhaustion. And it was really interesting because this is what the fortune cookie said. It said, in our 20s, like age 20, we run by will. In our 30s, we run by wit. And in our 30s, we run by wisdom. And I thought, oh, I'm in my 40s. I don't need to work by willpower anymore like I used to. Sometimes I shame myself for saying, I just don't have the willpower to do things that I used to be able to do. What happened to that willpower? And then there was a time in my 30s where I thought, well, if you're just witty enough, if you just say the right things and get people on board with you, then you can kind of delegate or you can kind of get out of some of the stuff that you have to do. But then when you're in your 40s and plus, obviously, then we use wisdom and we say, well, wait, what will I really want to be doing here? What is the wisest thing here? And functioning with wisdom instead of willpower and accepting that maybe willpower isn't how you work anymore. So also what we can do instead of willpower is accept new stages and changes to just say, I am somewhere else and I accept that way back when I could do a diet where I didn't eat sugar or I could do an exercise program that was entirely crazy like P90X. And now I use the wisdom just to know that I'm going to have a decent diet and a regular consistent exercise program that doesn't throw me out of like normalcy, that it's just kind of a way of life and just knowing that we have stages and changes that happen through life. All right, also, we may strive seemingly ineffectively to know God's will for our life and mission and purpose. And even though we're trying to do something good, it ends up that we are striving exhaustingly. This has been a case for me and I've been trying to know what God wants me to do and it's become exhausting. And when I stop and think, well, wait, would God have me be exhausted and frustrated and striving so hard for something that's not readily forthcoming? No, I don't think he would. So that that phrase is what I use. Let go and let God. Stop trying so hard. Let it happen. Know what, basically the framework of what you hope for and then let God fill in those details and follow going forth with the attitude of just knowing he knows the end result and that you're going to get there and you don't need to strive ineffectively. You can just be patient and willing and moving forward like riding that bike that doesn't, you don't get the balance by sitting still. But as you progress forward, you will get that and God fills in the details. All right. Also, what do we do? Well, we depend too much on ourselves. It seems like that would be obvious, right? We depend too much on ourselves and that can be exhausting because, well, because no one else is helping us. So if we can learn to surrender to God and let others help us, then obviously we don't have to go into that point of exhaustion so much.
So, I have to put in a side note. You need to also consider the medical. I've gone in myself and checked, had a blood test to check for what might be going on, and I found that I did have severe anemia. And so I had to supplement with iron until I could feel energy coming back. But the funny thing is, my brain had been so practiced to be so exhausted that it was really hard for my brain to catch up with my body, even though my body was getting the nutrition it needed, and I felt like I could do things, my brain would say, oh, I just can't do that. It was in the habit of saying, oh, I just can't create that Disneyland. I just can't do it. So training the brain to be able to match the output available from the body. You might also have chronic fatigue. There may be a number of other reasons medically why you're not getting the nutrients that you need to be able to have the energy that you need. And then a whole other topic would be the metaphysical matches of, for example, with the anemia for me, it was feeling like I was not living in my own power. And so my body was saying, yes, sir, you don't have any energy, you don't have power. That's right. We will take away the iron stores and see how you function then. So it was almost like I was willing it in a way to live in a mediocre level of energy. And again, like I said, I could I could go on more about that, but suffice it to say that that's something to consider is the metaphysical mind-body connection. So a few more things that I thought we could do, and I'll just go over these briefly. I call these my seven M's of overcoming exhaustion. So first of all, merit. Merit yourself. Set up rewards or you might even know that the very thing that you accomplished is the reward. So when you're trying to do something, set up a reward system of, well, if I do this, then I will get this. If I do the laundry, then I can listen to that podcast. If I cook this dinner, I'm going to have a really good time with my family, even though I don't really want to cook dinner tonight. I love the chance of sitting around the table and catching up with everyone's day. So merit, that's the first M. The second M is many revelations. Follow God's spirit in your behalf, not knowing you were told by others, even high standing. Let me make sense of that. So other people may tell us that they think that they know what we should do. But when you are in contact with God in knowing what to do for yourself, even if it means do absolutely nothing, his word is above even the highest of church leaders you may follow. His word for you is what matters. So many revelations. The third M is mantras. Maybe it's a scripture that helps you. Like, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Or affirmations. I am good enough, I am smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. So thinking of mantras of what you can say to yourself. Even congratulating yourself. When I do something well, I oftentimes will high-five myself and say, Good job, you did it. Um, Four, the fourth M is must-haves. What must you have to be able to contain enough energy to do the things that you need to do in that day. Not more, not the energy to do more, but what are the must-haves that you need to do just what you need to do that day? 
what kind of self-care would that require? What kind of slowing down or energizing or people or supplements or whatever fills your bucket item would that be to be able to keep that energy, to keep the quirks plugged up into your energy system so that they don't, your energy doesn't escape. So you've got enough to get through. Five is mentors. M, mentors. So that is people who you know build you up. People who are going to keep your energy high, that are going to energize you and tell you, you're doing great and this is what else you can do because this is what I've done and it's helped me. People who can be there as a support to you because no man is an island, right? So with other people helping each other, we build each other up. And on the same account, knowing who drains your energy and avoiding them until you can figure out how to deal with them until you can keep your energy and even find sources of building it even more. Six is miscellaneous. The six M is miscellaneous. And just a few things of finding what refills you. Maybe it's connection. Maybe it's space from other people that you're just needing some quiet and some space to be able to rejuvenate. Could be media that's uplifting, music or video clips or memes or anything in the media that restores you. Exercise. Exercise always makes me feel better for many reasons. So exercise is a good energy filler, even though it also takes your energy because of the endorphins and the oxygen and the mental benefits. It actually gives you back more than you give. Humor, funny things, and particular people. Who are some people who you just love to be around? Who are those people that you think, I just want to be in their space. They just make me happy. Well, find those people. The 7M I had to put at the end because I like to kind of build up to the spiritual. And this is member Christ's atonement. Or in other words, remember. But I wanted it to be M word. So remember Christ's atonement. You don't have to hang on to anything from the past. But be gracious with yourself. It's all about new beginnings. When you think about having Christ's power as your resource, when you think about having God-like power that is inexhaustible and fully acceptable and available for you to use, then you start to feel a new energy source that renews your whole energy field, that makes it so you don't even have to have the corks plugging the holes, that you are vibrant and pulsating and alive with rainbow bright colors escaping from your being. So if a goddess works in inexhaustible energy, how can she overcome those things on earth so they are perfect in heaven? It really does all come back to the goddess, right? I hope you will join me in awakening one million potential goddesses to their divine destiny by sharing this podcast and information with others you think would benefit. And hey, go have some great energy.